gentlemen, welcome to the Rum and Regret podcast. I am Andy Drake. Johanna Myers. Nate Tussie, and we drink and we know things. It is Tuesday, February 7th, and uh, we're going back-to-back weeks. So since we talked quite a bit last week about everything going on, we're going to shift gears this week, and we're going to bring on our, I, I think, officially our number one collaborator, in, ter- <laughs> right. in terms of times he's been on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. So, so let's <laughs> welcome Steve Polivka, everybody. Steve, hey. how's it going, man? Mr. Good. Thank you for uh, having me back. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thanks for coming back. And this was great. So uh, Steve uh, recently completed a cage match bracket, which is the best Nicolas Cage movie he watched 32 Nicolas Cage movies and <laughs> I, when someone else says it Steve does it sound <laughs> how as does that sound as it is yeah I, I wouldn't say watched more as I endured 32 yeah. <laughs> Nick Cage movies yeah. and, and to be some clear of them the, are just the goal just... wasn't to prov- to find the best Nick Cage movie it was to find the most Nick Cage movie that's exactly. right. Accurate. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Let's make sure that's okay. clear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and in that, uh, Steve gave us some homework to watch uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent, which came out a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, Nick Cage is all over the place. So we'll give a little mini review of uh, uh, unbearable weight of massive talent because that was excluded from the Cage match. And um, yeah, and we're just going to have some fun with it. So, uh, but first, we will do uh, some segments. I'll start off with uh, um, uh, streaming selections of the week. Not a whole lot different from what I said last week. Uh, just uh, really waiting for Star Trek Picard to start uh, in, uh, I think, I want to say February 14th, it starts uh, that Tuesday. So, um, just really, really excited for that to come down. Uh, again, we're getting the entire Next Generation cast in there. Um, and just can't wait. Uh, and w- with that, we can jump right into the Marvel Minute. So, Nate, what do you got? <laughs> okay, uh, I can't do the rest of that. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, rather. <laughs> Rather brief uh, in Marvel Minute since we covered three weeks of news last week. Um, I'm just going to run through this real quick. Apparently, uh, Ant-Man 3 Quantumania is getting some pretty stellar reviews out of the booth. Um, My favorite first reaction was from Straw Hat Goofy, my favorite uh, TikToker turned official like TikTok slash Marvel slash Star Wars opening host type person. Yeah, Um, He basically said... It was amazing. Uh, Jonathan Majors is scary as fuck as Kang. He didn't say that word, but uh, it, the best way to sum it up is it's a very expensive episode of Rick and Morty. Like, ooh, <laughs> great description, really bad timing. <laughs> yeah, right. Too <laughs> soon. Reference. Yeah, too soon. Too soon. Um, I'm very excited for it. I can't wait. So that should be really fun. Um, yeah. let, what do we got next here? Eight MCU characters likely to appear in the Deadpool 3 movie. People are already putting forth what their thoughts are, but there's some pretty obvious ones. Uh, there's going to be a lot of the uh, TVA in this movie. So 
Miss uh-huh. Minutes is going to be there. Loki will be there. Owen Wilson as Mobius will be there. Uh, Hunter B-15 is going to be there again. Um, Doctor Strange apparently might make a cameo with Clea, uh, Charlize Theron as Clea. Um, there's a possibility that we're going to see She-Hulk for more fourth wall breaking fun since she's the one that started it and Deadpool does that all the time. So it would be hilarious for them to have like a break off. Yeah. Breakdown. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and then obviously a bunch of potential with, uh, more Jonathan majors as King and, um, potential Spider-Man men, plural is what people are are kind of theorizing. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that, which would be very cool. Um, Sony's upcoming Spider-Man TV show gets exciting update from exec. So, uh, Sony Spider-Verse wants to go the way of Disney plus and have Spider-Man TV shows linking their movies together, huh? which okay. would be really cool. Cause there's a lot of supporting characters and a lot of great villains in Spider-Man. Yeah. So they don't all huh. have to be about Spider-Man, but there's a lot of good <laughs> stuff that could come through that. So um, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that, considering they have a bunch of movies coming out. So Craven the Hunter and El Muerto and Madam Web and another Venom yeah. movie. So there's a lot of space in between those that they can fill with some fun TV if they can get the right people to do it. Um, there was an update on Marvel's Wolverine game, which apparently is going for a hard R, potentially mature rating. Uh, oh, which wow. I'm fucking here for. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, if it's going to be... I think the theory is that it's going to be set before he's an X-Man before he meets Xavier. So uh, I'm not sure what kind of claws we're going to get, but the the teaser trailer showed metal. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, Okay. But it's going to be blood everywhere. I think is the idea. (laughs) So that's the only reason you go for that kind of rating with the Wolverine game, which is exactly how it should be. So I'm really excited and it's insomniac. So come on, they can make a combat game. Yeah. As we know. Um, let's see. The other one I thought that was cool was the, uh, movie trailers that are coming up for the Super Bowl. So oh, that's right. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Gardens of the Galaxy 3 are both confirmed. Um, there's also some other Heineken crossover with Quantumania that I'll probably be there as well. Um, the Marvels should have a big spot as well. And then, um, it looks like Disney's got some other stuff. Little Mermaid Elemental, Indiana Jones, um, and then it looks like Secret Invasion was rumored to have a spot, but now apparently has been scratched from that. So Ooh, all right. we will see that thing got delayed anyway. So, yeah, that's about it. Short and sweet. Marvel oh. Minute. Okay. <laughs> um, we uh, Jamie and I did watch uh, Wakanda Forever yes. uh, the last weekend. Yes. Um, it was good. I, it wasn't. I mean, obviously, the the. Um, the stuff with Chadwick Boseman and paying tribute to him in front was, was amazing. Um, and then, um, I did respect how they dealt with his death. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really smart how they did it. Um, I don't know. I like, I, I, but, but <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, the, I, I, the story past that just seemed a little weak. Wow. <laughs> you know That's a strong uh, word okay what about it well I, I, you know I, well it became I, I hate to say it it became avatar for me so the 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 tele the telecon the mm-hmm. water city yeah. is sitting on uh vibranium right right 
and literally blue people are coming out <laughs> fighting <laughs> against everybody else. It just it it, it hit a little too Avatar That's for funny. me. That's because funny. it was literally I mean that, Avatar, but... <laughs> like the first Avatar was an obtainium, the right. that million dollar element, and blue people are literally on it. Their big tree was on it, and so no it we just, we know <laughs> it just began, it became way too avatar for me i'm sorry okay that's um, rough that's very yeah rough. okay um uh, i i did think namor was very cool i loved the backstory of of namor and his people and how they connected that i thought that was amazing i just yeah it i, I don't know it it didn't you just it broke didn't... Nate's heart. <laughs> I know. No, not at all. I mean, it, the movie is not really for us, so that's okay. <laughs> if yeah. you didn't really get it or right. like it that much. That's yeah. Fine. So anyway, I, I just I'm just putting that out there. That's all. So anyway. Uh <laughs> Mr. Soup, what did you think of this <laughs> mid movie that Andy's talking about? I I liked it a lot personally. Um I get Andy's point for sure. I didn't put that together until he said that but i felt like it was i thought it was a good continuation of the black panther story i really liked how they handled uh chadwick's uh passing i did not expect to cry during the opening like mm -hmm. where it says marvel and has yeah. the still images i was like well that's not fair right. um but it was i thought it was really well done i really liked uh is it namor or namor namor no more. I really liked what they did with his character because I did not know much about Marvel, especially Namor before this movie. And some of the people I read online were basically like, oh, like think DC's Aquaman, but in Marvel. And I was like, oh, so he's going to like talk to dolphins and stuff. Like, yeah. what, <laughs> what the hell is this? So then when I saw him, I was like, oh, okay. He's like legit. Like he could fly with his little wing ankles and mm -hmm like drown people foot yeah, feathers, feathers, yeah. Yeah. yeah but i really liked the backstory they gave him and i feel like it does yeah. set up for a lot more uh dimension in the mcu and i also right. just like the more representation of different uh different cultures different people in the mcu i really thought exactly. that was good and i yeah. it opens up the mcu to be so much more which i really appreciate um right well said well said. Andy, you're full of shit. Well said, Steve. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Nope. I'm kidding. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah, well, it's interesting a, a, you said that because originally Namor or Namor, the, the other version was like a white guy from Atlantis. So <laughs> they, they did yeah. such a great job changing the entire backstory. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> uh, so I will not get I will not give my thoughts on the bonus credit scene either oh uh, yeah don't joe hasn't seen it yet I, I yeah it so, uh, she hasn't so seen yeah, the first we, one so no, right yeah so both. we can yeah um so anyway uh sorry nate didn't mean to uh <laughs> no to, to burst that bubble there nothing to nothing to burst man i thought the yeah. movie's legit and i think we're gonna win an oscar we're like i was in the movie i think <laughs> we're marvel's finally gonna get an oscar for angel okay. Bassett. so we'll see. all right uh all right uh with that Let's jump into this cage match, man. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear. Uh, like, okay, so, I mean, Steve, explain to me how you wake up one day <laughs> and come to this conclusion. So this all happened because 
Um, at the end of November, um, a friend of mine, Heather, sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, you know, my partner really loves Nick Cage. Are you able to find any Nick Cage movies? Can you add them to your Plex server for me? I said, yeah, I can, I can track them down. Why not? So then I just, you know, sauntered on over to IMDb and was like, well, what has Nick Cage been in? And I went, holy shit. This man has never turned down a role, I swear to God. Like, and I'm just going through, and I'm like, are these, like, made-for-TV movies? Are these, like, bootleg DVDs? Like, is somebody holding his kid hostage? Which is probably the theme of, like, 12 of them. But I was like, what the fuck is happening here? So then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to make it my mission to watch as many of these as possible, because I got to see what's going on here. And then I jokingly told her, like, oh, yeah, I should do, like, a March Madness thing, but call it Rage in the Cage. And just do 32 Nick Cage movies. And she was like, yeah, you should do like 16 best, 16 worst. And pit the best against the worst and see what wins. And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. Okay, I'm going to make a big thing of it. Why not? And so that's what I did. Um, yeah, the uh, scientifically unscientific way that I determined this was I just looked up like, you know, BuzzFeed's top 15 Nick Cage movies or whatever, like in Google and surprisingly there was an article for each of them so i have i i pit the top 16 or well so it was 15 and 15 and then i thought like okay i need to just pick one extra for each column so then i just went through his imdb and picked out two at random uh for the one good one i added um gone in 60 seconds um because i i i mean I liked it back when it was in theaters. I feel like it came out on the tail of Face Off, and it was in that bracket where it was like The Rock, Face Off, Gone in 60 Seconds. Like, Nick Cage seemed unstoppable, but then after Gone in 60 Seconds, he kind of disappeared for a while. Dude, and best use of Lowrider. Yes. (laughs) And it had Angelina Jolie. It had some German industrial guy in a trench coat, which was very popular (laughs) in the late 90s. Um, You know, so, (laughs) but it was like, I felt like, you know, but then he disappeared and I found where he went through this adventure. So, you know, I I had to follow the Nick, the Nick breadcrumbs as they went through cinema. Yeah, so, you could get another master's degree, uh, basically, in, 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 uh, Nick in, in film <laughs> off of this Nick Cage thesis you're about to drop. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. My my. Uh, so the, this is where it gets wonky. So I did this entirely by myself. So similar to whose line is it anyways, the scoring was completely subjective. I would say things like, you know, Nick Cage's accent here was really funny. Five points for that. Uh, minus two points for the utter you know ridiculousness of this. Or, yeah. like, one movie got minus 1,000 points because I was like, you seriously made me sit through that, Nick? Like, I hate you. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was in the first round. And then after that, it was just, which movie is more distilled Nick Cage from, from like, unrefined Nick Cage essence down to its most pure form? Right. You know? Yeah. So um, I'll just start at the top with the uh, the top 16 best Nick Cage movies her okay. scientific research was yeah. <laughs> Face Off, Adaptation, National Treasure, Wild at Heart, Valley Girl, Kick-Ass, Raising Arizona, Red Rock West, Moonstruck, Color Out of Space, The Rock, Con Air, Leaving Las Vegas, Gone in 60 Seconds, Mandy and Pig. Okay. Um, the top the 16 worst movies were Vampire's Kiss, The Wicker Man, 
Trapped in Paradise, Bangkok Dangerous, Grand Isle, Season of the Witch, Arsenal, Dying of the Light, Deadfall, Rage, Outcast, Firebirds, Left Behind, Trespass, 211, and Pay the Ghost. <laughs> A lot of winners in there that I'm sure wow. everyone listening is going to be like, oh shit, Left Behind, that was so good. Yeah. Uh, to which I would say you're a liar and you should feel bad. Um, right. yeah. That got minus a thousand. But anyway, so <laughs> I'm just going to quickly go bracket by bracket and then it'll it'll flow, I hope. Okay. And just... No, let's let's do it. I'm, so I'm, I'm all in. Round one, I started off strong and I absolutely hated round one because I was like, these are like my children. How could I pick between these two? And it was Face Off <laughs> versus Vampire's Kiss. Face Off, I'm sure everybody is familiar with. It has both Nick Cage and John Travolta. They switch faces. Nick Cage has to act like John Travolta. John Travolta acts like Nick Cage. Nick Cage acts like a madman regardless. There's... (laughs) Uh, he has like gold plated guns and a red velvet suit five minutes into it. And I was like, how the hell could this be beat by anything? (laughs) Spoiler alert. It was beat by vampires kiss. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen vampires kiss. Hear me out. I don't know if anyone's seen vampires kiss, but it is the most batshit insane movie I've ever seen. First off, like I said, Nick Cage's accent in this movie like he's he brings home a girl from the club. It takes place in the eighties. He plays this like banker with a with a you know middle part haircut that I had in middle school, and um, <laughs> he brings home this girl from the club, and they're like about to get it on, and a bat flies into his room, and he literally goes shoo shoo shoo, like trying to <laughs> shoo it out the window, and I'm like, what the fuck is that accent, Nick? Like really. Um, he gets bit by a vampire at which later in the movie, he literally runs around, I'm assuming New York City, going, I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! <laughs> um, there's a scene of him, like, during the day, just walking around carrying a large stick with, like, blood and torn clothes, just moaning to the sky, hoping yeah. somebody will stab him and kill him. <laughs> it's just, he terrorizes this, like, woman who he works with. Uh, there's a scene in this movie literally where he chases this woman into the bathroom and the woman's like, please leave me alone. And there's this old lady there and she looks at them both and she just, her one line for the movie is what the fuck is going on in here? And then she walks off screen like a GTA NPC. Like her <laughs> arms are super stiff and she's like, yeah, like, I'm about to screen. do the same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to do and the same thing. I was like, going I'm on? like, are you kidding me right now? So all of this, I was like, this is Nick, cage at his most unhinged like face off at least had structure it had whatever this is like somebody gave he was probably paid like an eight ball of cocaine and told just go (laughs) so i was like i have to like this has to get points and it was very close but right vampires kiss highly recommend it if you ever watch the youtube video compilation that says nick cage losing his shit like 90 percent of that is vampires kiss yeah (laughs) um which is hilarious but uh second round this one was much easier for me adaptation versus wicker man i hated both movies but of the two only one of them uh did i see in the theater and then promptly got mugged afterwards and still seeing wicker man was the worst part of my night um (laughs) so uh i wish i was kidding but that's a story for another day Um, oh man Wicker Man was just, I love the original. The remake, it should have been called Nick Cage running around Honey Bear Island punching women. Like, that was right. the entire movie. Um, 
Adaptation, on the other hand, was just, I, uh, it was just, I hated it. I was like, this is convoluted. I don't get it. Like, is, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> there had to be a winner. So I was like, I guess adaptation, like whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> round three was National Treasure versus Trapped in Paradise. Um, I'm sure everyone's familiar with National Treasure. He has to steal the Declaration of Independence. And, you know, he goes about that. It's very, you know, like, fantastical nonsense. It, yeah. I found it to be really contrived and boring, personally. Uh, Trapped in Paradise, I had never heard of, but it has John Lovitz, and it has, um, oh my god, I can't think of his name, Garth from Wayne's World. Uh, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey. It has Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, and Nick Cage and their three brothers who get out of jail. Oh my and God, I've seen this. um they're trapped in like a town when with like a snowstorm and uh they're trying to rob a bank basically and then it just kind of unfolds from there. It's like a comedy from like late eighties, early nineties, and it was semi-enjoyable so i was like it's better than national treasure national treasure what <laughs> is going on with like bracket. i said your bracket is but it's the most nick cage it's the most nick movie. cage it's not the it's most not... structured right yeah yeah, yeah. It, like nick cage was too normal in national treasure in trapped in paradise okay so this is a three little little bears moment because caster troy was too nick cage (laughs) exactly yeah yes okay i love this because this is already like march madness like my bracket has already been busted (laughs) and we have just started like we have just scratched the surface and my like yeah seriously like (laughs) right exactly two of my top five are already off the yeah exactly (laughs) um so round four, uh, Wild at Heart versus Bangkok Dangerous. So Wild at Heart, I only found out in the final four, is a David Lynch movie, which now makes total sense. Oh, yeah. I did not know that the first three times I watched it. <laughs> and so all I could think was, what the fuck is this? Like, in the whole movie, it's like, <laughs> Nick Cage is like, in the movie, there's literally a scene where he's like in bed with this lady, and she's like, "You're wild at heart, baby." He's like, "Yeah, I'm wild at heart." She's like, "You're real wild at heart." I'm like, "Why do they keep saying the name of the fucking movie?" You're like, what the hell? But there's a scene in this movie where it takes place, and it's like made in 1990. So there's a scene where he's at a metal show, and like Exodus is playing or something like that. It's like thrash metal. There's a mosh pit, and like this guy like lays hands on Nick Cage's woman or something, and Nick Cage like puts on this leather jacket or like a snakeskin jacket and he like holds up his hand and the band stops playing and the pit opens up and Nick Cage points at the guy and he's like, now you're going to apologize to that lady or I'm going to have to show you a thing or two. And I'm like, what the (laughs) nonsense is this? Like Nick Cage looks like he's 20 years as senior of everybody there and everyone's like, oh shit, that guy's a badass. And I'm like, it's just run of the mill Nick Cage in a snakeskin jacket. Like what is happening here? And then the guy's like, oh shit, dude, I'm sorry. And like, it has Willem Dafoe in it. And he's some sort of weird zoot suit gangster who like yes. betrays mm-hmm. Nick Cage halfway through it and like steals his That's girl. Right. And then at the end, there's like an angel that comes down or something. It's just very bizarre, <laughs> which if you're like, oh, this is a David Lynch movie. You're like, cool. It's like Twin Peaks. I get it. But like not knowing that I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so, and that went up against Bangkok Dangerous, which I have three notes on that. Um, Nick Cage cannot effectively play an assassin. He is not effectively like 
a trained killer in any way. Like he does, it does not come off as true. And it's just Nick Cage running around Thailand with a bunch of people who look like they could genuinely beat the shit out of Nick Cage, acting like they're scared of him because he's like some trained killer. And it's just, it was so bad. I was like, this is awful. Um, so number five was Valley Girl versus Grand Isle. Valley Girl, I'm sure if you guys have seen it, it's your quintessential 80s oh, yeah. rom-com. No real notes about it. It was mid, as the kids say. Um, <laughs> Grand Isle, though, I had no idea what Grand Isle was going into it. And I actually, for it being on the shitty side of things, I really enjoyed it. Uh, if Nick Cage plays one role well... It's that of a disgruntled PTSD ridden alcoholic veteran. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in this movie, he is a veteran who is a heavy alcoholic and he's just crazy. Like, so it's, it's about this guy, like it's, it's shot interestingly. So it starts out with this young kid who is in a, um, a jail and he's being interviewed by a detective and they're like, tell us what happened. And he's like, Oh, I'll talk to a lawyer. And they're like, fuck you. We're the cops. You don't get a lawyer. And he's like, all right, bet. So then he just starts talking. And then, um, so then it shows like in between him, it's like him telling the story of what happened. And so then it's basically, he is like, he knocked up this waitress who's his baby mama or something. And they're like, we need cash. So he takes odd jobs and he gets paid to fix a fence at Nick Cage's house, which broke because somebody broke into Nick Cage's house and Nick Cage <laughs> shot the guy when he was running away. Cause he's this drunk, just like veteran guy and just like shot him from the roof with a rifle. And so now they call this kid over to fix the fence while the kid's fixing the fence. Nick Cage's wife is like unhappy in her marriage. So she's flirting with the kid and the kid's like, oh, okay, Miss Robinson, what's up? And then Nick Cage is, like, watching them flirt. So then he starts, like, lining beer bottles up on the fence. And while the kid's repairing them, he gets on the roof and starts shooting the beer bottles, scaring the hell out of the kid. <laughs> and then a tornado comes, because why not? And then with the tornado coming, he has to stay at the house with them and weather the storm. And so while they're there, Nick Cage's being uber, uber creepy, drunk veteran guy. And he's like, you want to fuck oh, wow. my wife? I bet you want to fuck my wife. And his wife's <laughs> like, why would you say that, darling? And this kid's like, yo, I just want my 20 bucks. Let me get out of here. And then it kind of devolves from there. Uh, the story <laughs> gets really weird. There's some barbarian shit in the basement where oh, like, no. like it went from like, oh, they're just some sort of weird couple that like does shit to like, oh, they keep people in their basement a la barbarian. Oh, okay, man. fair enough. And then it ends with like Nick Cage getting dressed in his uh like uh, like in his fine garb for I wasn't in the military, so like fine military garb with all his medals. And then he shows up at the police station and the kid's like, You don't have to do this, Nick Cage, and he's like, I'm fucking Nick Cage, and he dies in a hail <laughs> fire. But it was like overall it was pretty good. I was like, all right, I don't know why this is in his worst movies, but whatever. Yeah, so why does this one beat his like best uh like Connor or the Rock? No. no this, this beat Valley Girl because I was like, right. like Valley Girl's Valley Girl. It's nothing special. Yeah. About it. Okay. Um next was Kick-Ass versus Season of the Witch. Uh Nate, I can I know you're going to start screaming. But uh so Kick-Ass was decent. I didn't really not really like a Nick it. Cage movie either. It's not really well, a Nick I, that's exactly it. It wasn't right. a Nick Cage movie. It was yeah, like he was yeah, he was very he was very sort of subdued in that role anyway. Like there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot for him to do, you know? Like had I, I mean almost it between Kick Ass and Kick Ass 2, like 
Jim Carrey plays a more <laughs> like Jim Carrey esque version of like crazy guy in Kick Ass Two, versus Nick Cage being almost the the Obi Wan to Hit Girls, you know, like her upbringing and everything. So he needs to be calm. He needs to be cool. He can't be as Cage. Exactly. As as so I get I get well like and Chloe Grace Moretz owns Kick Ass. Like oh, in in in, yeah. in that in, every in that realm and, and yep. yeah, so like Nick Cage doesn't like yeah, so I I totally get why that one necessarily wouldn't. Oh, for sure, yeah, on. and that's that's exactly what my thought process was. Kick yeah. ass! I was like, it's a decent movie. It is mm-hmm. not a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Ergo, season of the witch. On the other hand, completely <laughs> awful. But Nick Cage sells it. So, like, my first yeah. note, I had to pull up the Facebook post for this because my first note for Season of the Witch is, like, okay, a Nick Cage movie that takes place in medieval times. Fair enough. Why the fuck does he look like the singer of Nickelback? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, he comes on screen and he has his, like, Con Air hair. And, yeah. like, it's all, like, flowing. And, like, you can tell he uses Pantene Pro-V and it's, like, fluttering in the wind. And he's just, like... Hey there, Ron Perlman. Let's like go fight on this crusade. And Ron Perlman is totally in historical period language. Is like, hell yeah, brother, let's go do it. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then they like go about. They kill some witches. Like it was, it was enjoyable, but it is a bad movie. So if yeah. you like bad movies, give it a watch. <laughs> Laugh at how he looks like freaking. He's gonna run around medieval Europe asking people if they've seen this photograph. You know, it'll be right. fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So then, oh God, where were we? So the next one, this one, um, I have a friend who was following me along Facebook and he kept telling me like, I can't wait for you to see Raising Arizona. Like, I love that movie. It's so good. And I was like, all right, Raising Arizona. So I I started watching it and this is entirely subjective. I do not like Coen Brother films. Yeah, that movie does not hold up, by the way. Uh, It does not hold (laughs) up. I did not really enjoy it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. However, it went against a movie called Arsenal. Now, Arsenal was so forgettable that I literally today before we... Like, when I was doing my prep for this, I was just like, let me make sure I know what the different movies are. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is Arsenal? Like, I don't even remember watching a movie named Arsenal. And I had to, like, search my Facebook for it. And then finally, when I found it, I was like, oh, it was that goddamn movie. Arsenal's <laughs> a movie where Nick Cage plays a former CIA agent who now has dementia. And oh. he's like kidnapped by a middle eastern guy who like he ordered the death of his brother and the guy wants revenge but nick cage doesn't even remember what the hell is going on oh wow and it's just really heavy-handed in the whole iraqi war like politicness of it and it's just (laughs) bad i was like this is just it's not even like, ho oh, ho, look at Nick Cage being bad, or like, this is like Troll Too Bad. It's just like, <laughs> you don't even get a star for trying. Like, I'm calling your parents, right. it's time to go home. Like, you know, <laughs> like, this is just no. Like, go sit in the corner with your dunce cap, uh, Arsenal. So anyway, so Raising Arizona won by default, because I, I think I literally said, like, it had Nick Cage. 
and people <laughs> seem to like it, so therefore <laughs> it wins. Man, this is getting more and more like March Madness because it's like, God damn it, how is Kentucky <laughs> out and this right. bullshit is going on? <laughs> for sure, though, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, so match eight was Red Rock West versus Dying of the Light. Um, let me see. Oh shit! No wait, Dying of the Light was the dementia movie. Oh fuck! What was oh, okay. uh, what was the other one? God damn! Where's my bracket? We're going very meta. Right? Oh, <laughs> the, no, sorry. Arsenal. Arsenal was one where he's like an ex, like trained killer, and he's friends with uh, Danny Glover. And oh, wow. wait, what? Like somebody <laughs> kidnaps his daughter and he has to go after them. And Danny Glover plays like the hype man because Nick Cage isn't a scary looking person. Oh, he's right. Too old and he's basically him. like telling <laughs> Nick Cage's kids, like, you better listen to him. This man killed more people than you've ever met. I'm too old for this shit. And then Nick right. Cage, that's right. And I'm like, I don't buy this. Like, what the fuck? It was so bad. So anyway, so Dying of the Light was the stupid CIA movie. Red Rock okay. West, however, really good movie. I've never seen it. Uh, similarly, this is way more believable Nick Cage hitman. Uh, Nick pl- Nick plays a kind of transient worker, I feel like, from West Virginia or something like that, who just, like, goes around to different odd jobs, like at oil fields and shit, just gets work, whatever. So he goes into a yeah. town for a job in Texas, and he meets up with some guy who's like, oh, are you here about the job? And he's like, yeah. And the guy's like, okay, meet me at the bar, and I'll give you the details. He's like, alright, sounds cool. He shows up at the bar, and the guy pretty much is like, all right, here's the money. I want it to look like an accident, blah, blah, blah. And Nick Cage is like, what? And the guy hires Nick Cage as a hitman to kill his wife. And Nick Cage is like, I was coming out here to, like, harvest the corn for Paul Newman. I don't want me legs broke. You know, like, <laughs> what? It's <the> <laughs> a Simpsons reference. Yeah, no, I um, but, you know, it's like, oh my God. He, and then he's like, oh, so do I warn this lady like what do i do so he goes to warn her and then it turns out the guy who hired him is like the chief of police oh fuck and then like and then plot twist the actual hitman shows up and talks (laughs) to the chief of police and then they figure out nick cage got all the money and is now warning the wife and they're trying to escape. And so now the chief of police and the hitman are after Nick Cage and the wife. Oh, wow. I need to see this. It, what is this called? Was, um, it's called Red Rock West. It's oh really good. Um, it it, it was really good. I, I actually really enjoyed this one. And I was like, holy shit. This is like, I'm surprised that I've never seen this. <laughs> um, Recommended by Mr. Soup. It'll just have like a warm bullet. <laughs> right. <soup next laughs> As opposed to a cold one. <laughs> right. I'm all fuck gazpacho. In uh, <laughs> Nick Cage's voice. Um, so, focus, Bacho, show, throw it out the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, match nine was Moonstruck, which my mom loved growing up. I remember she watched Moonstruck all the time. I think coming from an Italian family, I'm burnt out on stories about Italian families. Right. So, I was just like, oh, God, this movie drags. Uh, Moonstruck was against Deadfall. Which, by no stretch of the imagination, is Deadfall a good movie. <laughs> However, Deadfall is a batshit crazy Nick Cage movie without it being a David Lynch movie, which is <laughs> something. I s- so Deadfall is like a movie about mobsters, uh, and Nick Cage plays like this unhinged drug addict guy 
who's like his brother like comes back into the mob family to run the business after their dad is killed. And I'm pretty sure that like they gave him set drugs to use and he swapped them out with real drugs. It <laughs> was out of his mind the entire time because I'm like, that's not even acting, Nick. That's like you're high out of your, you're, you're like stoned out of your gourd on coke, just like screaming. At the camera. <laughs> um, and he's just like, he looks super sleazy. He looks like a 70s porn promoter who would stand on O'Farrell Street and like try to get you to come <laughs> in and like see the toothless lap dance lady that's uh, a very specific reference <laughs> very right. specific I, reference. I cannot confirm or deny that i have attended ever such part of, anyway um, <laughs> allegedly what allegedly um, was, uh, he looked like andy kaufman in a costume i'll say that so yeah. like, anyway um like it was just awful but then the movie takes this weird twist and like a bunch of weird mobster bosses show up, and one of them is like Doctor Claw from fucking um, Inspector Gadget. And he has this like ornate lobster claw for a hand, and he goes to <laughs> shake Nick Cage's brother's hand. And he's like, "How did you know I wasn't going to cut your fingers off?" And the guy's like, "Because I got what you need." And the guy's like, "All right, <laughs> fair enough." And then they get like into this Wild West shootout, and I was like, oh "Where is this movie even going?" It's just so fucking weird. Oh my god! Which is how nick cage is so that beat right. struck so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so uh, deadfall moves on uh the next one i'm sure a lot of your listeners will be very familiar with the first movie uh the color out of space uh came out recently uh, i thought maybe joe had talked about it in horror corner i'm sure she has possibly no. No. no no oh my god so color out of no. space is a uh hp lovecraft adaptation Ooh. um it's oh. like the third time they've made this adaptation so they did um the curse back in the 80s like a vhs horror was an adaptation of color out of space but it's about um a meteor lands in this massachusetts family's like farm um, and after the meteor lands, it starts making the local flora and fauna like very vibrant and very colorful. But then they start to like mutil or uh, mutate. And like Nick Cage plays a dad who like retired to this farm in near Arkham, Massachusetts, who like is raising alpacas, I think, or llamas or something. And his kids are like teenagers. So they're like, oh, dad, why do you have alpacas? And he's like, well, once we're able to milk them, like, you'll be happy about that. And they're like, ew, gross, dude. And then like saxophones when they're quizzical. It very quickly becomes like a body horror movie. And it oh, has wow. really good, like, not on the, not on par with John Carpenter's The Thing, but like really good body horror stuff. Um, you have my attention. It right? really, there is a scene where the mom is like being infested with this, the color out of space, and she's like cutting carrots and she just like continues cutting up her fingers. And oh. I. I other things don't creep me out, but like my toes curled. I felt like I contracted oh, bonitis. Wow. Like I was just oh, like man. screaming. Oh, wow. And I, I was like, my only regret is not finding a cure for bonitis. Like it was just so <laughs> horrid. But it's really good. It has Tommy Chong in it. Um and it, it was a really good movie. I really liked it. Uh okay. that went against Rage, which I again, this is one of those movies where I was like, what the fuck is Rage? Um <laughs> 
Oh, fucking God. Rage is the movie with Danny Glover. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there man. we go. Oh, my God. I don't, okay, I don't know what the other one was. It probably sucked. Dying <laughs> of the Light was trash. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I give up on Dying of the Light. Whatever. Um, but no, Rage is the one with Danny Glover. It was garbage. Do not recommend. Color Out of Space wins. Um, <laughs> n- number 11 was The Rock easy yeah. win versus yeah. outcast what the fuck was outcast it was forgettable uh i am not stalling as i look for the synopsis of this movie <laughs> i don't have it but it was so bad outcast uh, oh god no now i remember outcast outcast is literally one of the this is the one movie in this entire tournament i turned off oh halfway through because i oh, was wow. like i can't it Nick Cage, for some reason, it's very uh, white savior movie. Like it takes place in feudal China where like there's an emperor who doesn't want his agro military son to take over the empire. He wants his loving kind son to take over the empire and surprise agro military son kills the dad and takes over the throne and wants to kill the brother. Enter, <laughs> right enter wow. nick cage and for some fucking reason anakin skywalker himself to <laughs> then like train all these people who are like like a well-formed army oh i gotta watch like, this they have to come in and like save people and i was just was like it's so fucking cringy Wait, and it's what is it so called? bad <laughs> It's called uh, Outcast. Outcast. I'm it's this. so bad. Oh, and like yeah. Nick Cage disappears. Christensen and Nick Cage. Like he disappears for a while and then he shows back up like because they had to show flashbacks of like, how did Hayden Christensen get so good with a bow and arrow? Well, Nick Cage taught him. Of and course. here's Nick Cage again towards the end to be like, yeah, boy, you did well. And I'm like, what is the, oh, what the budget God of War is this shit? Like, so it was just oh. really bad. Um, I didn't, and it was going against The Rock. Which right, I yeah. was like, I almost torpedoed The Rock, though, because I was so offended. As an Oakland A's fan, there's a right. scene where Ed Harris shoots off a nuke, and they go, it's heading towards Oakland. And first off, I was like, okay, first off, rude. And right. it was like, <laughs> yeah. what's happening there? Baseball game. And I was like, oh, shit, they're going to show the Coliseum. And it nope. flies it's over candlestick. candlestick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, man, they almost bought, they almost nuked Oakland. And I was like, you motherfuckers. You couldn't yeah. have given. Not only were you like, what are we going to target? Eh, Oakland. Why not? Like, <laughs> you, right. showed, like you, you dissed Oakland twice in that. I was so uh-huh. offended. But anyway, the yeah. rock is amazing it raised questions like why is there an uh like donkey kong style mining facility underneath alcatraz right <laughs> why would with all would alcatraz pipes. right with like it mine matters. carts and shit and yeah. they're like the crumblings are coming hide on the mine tracks i'm like what the oh fuck is God. it there's like the random flame wall that like sean connery was like oh i rolled out through these flames it's like why are there flames in the first place <laughs> like, right what in the double dare is this shit i have too many references no that's hey, great <laughs> did you see the, uh, the best though oh it's so good <laughs> yeah the whole movie is the best though but have, the have you seen the, the connection where it, he's actually like James Bond imprisoned. 
Oh my like god, they, no, I did not. But that yeah, so there's so a whole theory sense. as far as the timing, like the dates and everything of the microfilm, and he's an international spy who gets arrested oh, and put in Alcatraz. Shit. And like somebody online pieced together the dates that they refer to his capture and like when the bond his last bond movie was, and there's like a correlation and oh wow. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's actually right? really I I love that. Yeah. And that'd be really um, cool if we could work that into some kind of right. or something. But yeah. Well, and what so what I like about The Rock, too, so Nick Cage plays a scientist, which is believable. And he plays a yeah. scientist who, like, under duress can, like, shoot a gun. Hooray. Like, things right. like that. Like, that's believable. I don't take Nick as this, like, high-class assassin who could, like, kill you from 28,000 yards away or right. whatever. You know? Yeah. But, like, this was believable. Ed Harris is amazing. Sean Connery is amazing. Like, the whole movie was just so good. And yeah. it's always a pleasure to see, you know, 1990s San Francisco in all the chase scenes and everything. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah. My, the city my used to look like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's the pre-tech city. Oh. Right. Um... My my heart and soul in the next one, round twelve, Con Air versus Firebirds. <laughs> All I have to say about Firebirds is it's like somebody was like, "What if we made Top Gun, but with helicopters and worse?" <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. That is Firebirds. Yeah, this is my list. Like, I got it. Is. <laughs> so Makes bad. Watch all the bad movies. Like it is like if Dollar Tree wanted to make top gun <laughs> and they only had access to like one of those helicopter rides around hawaii and they were the like Let's make it work. helicopter toys that they like, it, it's like great value <laughs> like it was so bad and it's going against arguably the best nick cage movie ever con right. air which yeah. i mean a great holy. movie on in itself like <laughs> i mean and con air is a great movie in itself it's one of nick cage's strongest performances i am personally biased because it's the movie i saw with my older brother right before he moved away for college and we oh, went yeah. to the dome theater in pleasant hill and saw it together and it's just one of my most cherished memories but that aside nostalgia aside it's a good fucking movie it has yeah. danny trejo it has yeah. uh john malkovich it has buscemi. that guy who looks like a werewolf it has buscemi uh it has dave Chappelle. it has um the guy who played swamp thing was also in the jerry springer movie i don't know him in anything else but anyways it's got the um, freak from hackers yes it does it had so many it was just uh, obviously con air wins it was so good all right yeah. one of my childhood uh, friends we would watch that movie like at least once a week after school oh it, yeah. it is so good it is i mean it, yeah, Col Meany, John Cusack. I mean, you got you can't yes. like you can't lose. Wings Hauser, yes. <laughs> Who is in? Anyway, that's a total tangent. I will not bring that up. <laughs> He's in one of my favorite, absolutely garbage movies. But anyways, um, <laughs> round thirteen, <sighs> leaving Las Vegas versus Left Behind. Um. So I said earlier, my friend was like, I can't wait till you get to uh, Raising Arizona. He also is like, I can't wait till you get to leaving Las Vegas. I had no idea what this movie was about. I thought, oh man, Nick Cage, Las Vegas. For some reason, I thought of the Kevin Costner movie, something about Graceland, which takes place in Vegas. Hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. So I anticipated Nick Cage as an Elvis impersonator, like bank heisty thing. I did not expect Nick Cage as a depressed 
alcoholic trying to kill himself and Elizabeth yeah. Shue getting essayed left and right. And then the movie just ending. I was like, what in the shit is this? <laughs> so depressing. I hate this. It's only saving grace was that left behind got negative a thousand points for making me watch this bullshit. Oh my God. Left behind oh, is no. literally like, I, I'm 90%. Like I, I was positive when I was watching it. I was like, I bet this was directed by Kevin Sorbo. Like <laughs> it, is, it is the story of the rapture. <laughs> and Nick Cage is an airline, airline pilot. He is flying to London and his daughter finds out that he's going to London to see his side piece because they're going to go see the Rolling Stones together or something. And like they get in a big fight. They're halfway across the Atlantic. Boom. The rapture happens. <laughs> Nick Cage's co-pilot disappears. Half the people on the plane disappear. Half the people in the world disappear. I'm assuming half. I don't know. There's like babies left behind and there's no real explanation why there's babies left behind. And then the whole thing just devolves into this like uh theocratic bible discussion about good and evil and like nick cage has to come back and like they have to turn around and, like oh man, oh man the rapture happened oh god we all gotta be better people and like it just it was so bad i was like all these babies and why are babies not rapturing with right, i was right. like why is that little girl like still on the plane like i'm not religious but like what the <laughs> yeah. like, that, that offends me like i'm, I'm viscer viscerally mad because the right. lord works in mysterious way i was like little girl who did you kill like what, what right. yeah oh no um but it was just it was bad so obviously the more depressing movie surprisingly left leaving las vegas moved on oh dear um spoiler alert for round 14 round 14 was supposed to be the unbearable weight of massive talent versus trespass. But after watching the unbearable weight of massive talent, I cannot in all good faith, put that in this tournament. Right. Because we'll discuss that at the end, but yeah. you guys know why. So anyway, <laughs> so I swapped it out with gone in 60 seconds. I remembered liking that movie. It holds up. All right. Some of the jokes are extremely dated. I don't know what was with the late nineties and like German goth, industrial like rivet head guys in leather trench coats who don't talk right. and then at the end he has this like random British accent he's like well you know if we really and everyone's like oh shit he talks huh. he's silent Bobness. <laughs> right and I was just like uh, like but it was yeah it's a fun movie it has the guy from Congo fresh off uh, Victor Homolka eating his sesame cake yeah um, right I can't remember his name, but I love him. Harkama and... Homolka. Yeah, well, no, Harkama Homolka, but the, the general guy. But anyway, so the, it was it was decent. It's gone in 60 seconds. It went against Trespass, which, again, forgettable, bad movie. Um, it, it started out strong. It's Nick Cage and Nicole Kidman. They're married. Nick Cage plays like a jewelry dealer, and their house gets a home invasion robbery. And the people who are robbing them are like, we know you have all this money. We know that you have it. Like, you better stop playing or we're going to, like, essay your wife or we're going to kill your daughter or all this other stuff. And he's like, no, I don't have it. You don't understand. And, like, it kind of goes along like it's a thriller. So you're like, oh, shit. Like, does he have the money? What's going on? And then it seems like these people really know him. And then, like, twists start coming out. You're like, okay. <laughs> 
but it seems like the director was like, you know how M. Night Shyamalan has like one big twist? What if we did that, but like 12 times? Oh, geez. And yeah. so it just kept twisting to the point where I was like, <laughs> okay, this is just, I, I can't follow this anymore. This is so bad. <laughs> it was really just disjointed and just irritating. So Gone in 60 Seconds won. Uh, number 15, Mandy. Uh, anyone watch Mandy? Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Mandy is... It's a fever dream. <laughs> it's a fever dream. And I, I, it's made by the same guy, uh, Panos Cosmos, like the Cosmatos is the uh, director. I think that's how you say his name. Isn't that um, where the axe is from? That's where the axe is from, from okay. Mandy. And he's the same director who directed a really, a movie that I love, uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. And um, so Mandy takes place in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, about a religious cult, which is kind of one of those like new age boomer type of like spiritual, like rock and roll hippie type people who yeah. basically go to Nick Cage's house because the cult leader saw Mandy, who's his wife, at the store and he was like, Oh, she's the one. We have to sacrifice her to like these demons. And they basically break into Nick Cage's house, leave him for dead kidnap and burn her in some sort of ritualistic sacrifice nick cage survives and then just goes batshit crazy goes <laughs> to um oh god he's in predator and i can't remember his name and he was also in commando um carl weathers no no um oh fuck i gotta look it up real quick um anyway he goes to this guy's uh like trailer and he's like i need the beast and the guy's like oh cool uh he goes to bill duke's house oh bill duke yeah and he's like i need the beast and he's like you're gonna go get those freaks and he's like those jesus freaks are going down so he gets this like giant crazy looking axe and he just goes on this like killing spree and there are like demon people on motorcycles it's mm -hmm. it's a visual <laughs> feast for the eyes it's very beautifully shot it is batshit insane. There's blood and guts <laughs> everywhere. Um, the it's marketing a, for this movie was amazing. Oh, it's go got ahead, King. Go. Uh, it's got King Eckbert from uh, Vikings, who's the the cult leader. Oh, nice. Oh, it, that's great. It's so good. Um, I love the marketing for it. The they. Um, I think it was Lakeshore released a vinyl record of like 70s psychedelic music supposedly written by the cult. <laughs> and so I. I bought that and I, it's actually like, it's really enjoyable if you like that kind of 60s psychedelic rock type stuff, but it's a batshit crazy movie. It's really, <laughs> it's really good. That went up against two one one, which again, forgettable garbage movie. It was these four ex-military guys. It doesn't really say who or what they are. Decide to rob a bank. Nick Cage is like run of the mill salty angry cop who's doing a ride-along for this kid who got in trouble at school they happen to be on call when the bank gets robbed and all units have to get there and then like these guys are like killing hostages left and right and interpol is involved for some reason and it felt <laughs> like it felt like it could have been good with a little more direction but like whoever wrote it just kind of like it sounded more like they were just pitching ideas and then just went off the pitched ideas and they didn't flesh it out and it was very apparent because, like, you don't know, like, why or who these people are, like, what they're doing, why they're doing it, who they are, where they came from. Like, it just kind of happened. And then, like, 
it ended. And then it turns out at the end, it's all, this is based on a true story. And I was like, what? It's based on a true story. <laughs> so then I had to go to fucking Google and it's based oh, no. on the 1997 North Hollywood shootout. Oh, shit. Uh, which the only similarity is there was a bank robbery. That is it. It could have literally been about when Wells Fargo and Walnut Creek was robbed. And then they were like, right, cool, God. let's do it about that. But we're going to have ex-military. We're going to have all these things happen. Blah, blah, blah. Like It had nothing else to do it aside oh, that's from funny. it's a bank robbery. And then they had the gall at the end of the movie to be like, based on a true story. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. You liars. Liar McLiar face. Anyway. <laughs> so the inspired final. by a true story. <laughs> right. Inspired right. by a true story yeah. so thank you all for coming me over the on this journey the final bracket for the first round um pig which came out in 2001 um which i had no idea what the hell it was about or pay the ghost which i also didn't know what it was about so pig really good movie so uh andy you're in portland yeah uh salem yeah so salem. i'm so about an hour away yeah pig takes place in portland uh, Nick Cage is a hobo who lives out in the woods, which I'm sure is like people from Portland would be like, uh huh. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a, a truffle pig, which again tracks. Um, right. And he just goes truffle hunting. That's what he does. He, he looks okay. like a hobo. He lives in a dilapidated shack. He goes truffle hunting. And one day somebody steals his truffle pig. <sighs> what is he to do? Dude. So he, he goes, goes to the local, right? So he goes to the local farmers market, and he's like, "Where's my pig? I, want, I miss my pig." And this lady is like, "Oh shit, them Duke boys! I told him not to take your pig." So then he like teams up with this kid who is like the son of like one of the most renowned chefs in all of Portland, and because mm-hmm. Nick Cage is like, "Well, somebody must have got the pig to like." because she finds truffles or something and we got to go you know whatever <laughs> so then like they go through portland to like all these different eateries and like trying to f- sniff out like who got the pig and where the pig is because nick cage is a simple man he just wants to drink his toilet wine and live with his pig right. you know he, he doesn't have time for the fancies of society i hell i mean after the week i had i'm gonna go join him shit um <laughs> After watching 32 Nick Cage movies, I feel like going and doing that. You know, I just got to get a truffle pig. So, but then what it was, where it kind of goes off the rails a bit is like, there's this like underground chef fight club that happens in Portland. <laughs> yes. Where like, they're like, yes. we got to go ask the line cooks. Where are they? Uh, here, hold on. And then there's like passwords <laughs> being exchanged. And they go into like the basement of this building where there's like people in chef coats, like beating the shit out of each other for money. Awesome. And I was like, the fuck and I'm like, I'm like looking at my notes and i was like mental note ask my sister-in-law who is a chef like w- about the underground chef fight clubs because <laughs> what the hell but then as it goes along it turns out that nick cage isn't just a crazy hobo he used to be like the most renowned chef in all of portland but oh, then he dissatisfied with the chefing world and was like it's all bullshit it's a bunch of people standing around a room sniffing their own farts so i'm gonna go live with my pig in a shack and then uh it turns out that the kid who's helping him his dad did pay to get the pig and he had the pig killed (gasps) and nick cage is very sad Oh my god. Does he, he rage just, kill the kid's dad? He, no, he doesn't. He just kind of like oh. he just kind of sadly goes back to his pile of rags in a dilapidated shack and like lives out his Oregonian <laughs> lifestyle. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> oh, nah, very but, sad. It, it, but it was it was surprisingly good. I was like I really enjoy this. Um Pay the Ghost 
great concept, bad execution. Um, okay. It takes place, it's Nick Cage in, I want to say, like, Boston, and he's a professor, and he does, like, a class on, like, cryptozoology and folklore and ghost stories and stuff like that. And it's Halloween night, and he his son is like, I want to go trick-or-treating, and he goes down to this, like, old town, Salem, Massachusetts, or wherever the hell they are, Boston. They go down to this, like, old town festival, and while he's trying to get his kid, like, a corn dog, his kid hears, like, this raspy witch's voice whispering to him, and Whoa. the kid, like, sees these things in the distance, which look super creepy, and then all of a sudden he turns around, there's, like, a jump scare of a witch, and the kid is gone. Nick Cage turns around with a corn dog. It's every parent's worst fear. He's like, where the fuck is my kid? He goes back home and he's like, uh, honey, I lost the kid. And the, his wife's like, what the fuck? You lost the kid. Like, and so then he's like trying to find uh, where his son went. But then like he starts noticing there's all these different hauntings that are happening. And he's trying to piece it together. And he starts looking into folklore for, for the area. And it turns out, lo and behold, back in settler colonial times, there was a woman who was accused of witchcraft. Her children were killed and then she was burned at the stake and she cursed everybody. So now every year on Halloween, she kidnaps one child and takes them to the shadow realm where she then <laughs> hoards all her children like in this shadowy, dirty area. So then Nick Cage realizes now a year later, he's like, I have a chance to get my son back. But as time goes on, they start to fade. And once they become like truly ghosts, I can't get him back. So I have to, quote-unquote, pay the ghost, i.e. the name of the movie, <laughs> uh-huh, to get my uh-huh. son back. So then he finds there's, like, this underground, like, society of hobos that aren't chuds because they live in Boston, not New York. <laughs> and so he, like, talks to them, and they're like, oh, the Whispery Place, don't go there. And he's like, I watch Pet Cemetery. I'm going there right the fuck now. So he <laughs> goes into the Whispery Place. Really cool cinematography with this room full of these, like, different stages of dissolving kids. And when I say dissolving, I mean, like, becoming, like, grainy, like, silhouettes, not, like, dissolving acid. Yeah. And he's walking through this room where there's just, like, centuries of children just standing there. And they're all trying to reach (laughs) out and hold his hand. And he's, like, visibly upset. He finds his son in his little Halloween outfit. And his son is like, Daddy, can we take these other two kids? Like, they were taken, too. I'm sure their parents miss them. And Nick Cage looks at them lovingly and scoops up his son and tells his kids, if your parents cared enough, they'd come get you peace. And then he walks away, (laughs) which I was kind of like, dude, Nick dick move. Like what the hell? (laughs) And then he's on his way out and the witch is like, yo, give me back my kid. And he's like, suck a dick, dumb shit. And he runs away. And then he like gets out and the movie kind of ends. So, I mean, it was, it was good. It could have been executed better. Pig was way better of a film. Like yeah. Pig, I was like, "Oh damn, Nick Cage is an actor." Holy shit! <laughs> so those were all the participants. Uh, so let me let me just really say, uh, shock that Ghost Rider did not make either list. I was shocked as well. I, I have to say, um, I that, was definitely is, shocked. <laughs> that that is a fairly Nick Cage movie. <laughs> and it is i i feel like it was probably just too shitty to meet the <laughs> shitty list or j- just not good enough to meet the good list right I it mean, was it was it was too middle of the road for either exactly to, to push it to push it either way right that's interesting yeah exactly and i'll just quickly i mean we know the movie so i'm just gonna run down the brackets as fast as i can so okay round two Vampire's Kiss beat adaptation round um, 
Wild at Heart beat Trapped in Paradise. Grand Isle beat Season of the Witch. Red Rock West beat Raising Arizona. Color Out of Space beat Deadfall. Con Air beat The Rock. That's the big upset. Oh, wow. That one one was like picking between my children. No, of course. Yeah. Mr. Soup had a. That was. When I got to that, I literally, I was like, I'm going to watch each of these twice because I love them both. And it is like picking one of my children. Um, And I was just, it hurt, but I was like, Con Air is the better movie. It is better put together. It is better acted. It has better action sequence. It's paced better. Con Air beat The Rock. And I okay. know, and everything's bad now. <laughs> so I felt, um, Gone in 60 Seconds beat Leaving Las Vegas because I did not want to be that depressed. Um, Again, right. Mandy beat Pig because Mandy's just a fever dream, like Joe said. Round three for the final four. Vampire's Kiss beat Wild at Heart. Grand Isle, uh, I liked more than Red Rock West because Nick Cage, again, he plays a perfect alcoholic PTSD veteran. Like, it yeah. is like the role he was born to play. Take out <laughs> what you will. Um, Con Air obviously beat out Color Out of Space. Mandy beat Gone in 60 Seconds. The top two, Vampire's Kiss beat Grand Isle. Con Air beat Mandy. And the winner overall, the most Nick Cage, Nick Cage movie <laughs> is technically con air however the most nick cage nick cage movie is the unbearable, unbearable weight, weight of, of massive, massive talent talent 100 percent, 100 percent, and yeah. that movie i unironically will say is one of my favorite movies of all time it is yeah, we need so to, good let's back up and give con air its moment to breathe in the uh, basket right. light of beating out all of that Yes. Crap. <laughs> oh, Nick Cage is ab- or, uh, Nick Cage. Con Air is absolutely if you wanted to tell somebody you want to watch a Nick Cage movie, Con Air is the one. Uh, yeah. I love that movie I, so much. Yeah. I need to watch yeah. it again. As yeah. confirmed in Unbearable Weight, because the opening scene is oh. them watching Con Air. The, the president's yeah. daughter who gets abducted yeah. watching yeah. Con Air. And it's like they're watching Con Air and talking about how much they love Nick Cage. Yeah. And I was like, that is the confirmation I needed. Well, I love the tie-in at the end when they, they get rescued and she's like, Nick Cage? Yeah. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh. Oh, and it has that fucking how will I live without it is just Con Air is just so good though. It has it hit it fires on every cylinder. Yeah. yeah. Nick Cage uh, I, is believable. He it just works. I feel so like we well. need to watch that here with the the crazy surround sound just to get like the oh. plane flying overhead and everything. Like, I think I'm gonna watch that tonight, maybe. Actually, well, it's and I mean, good. you know, I I mean, and not just like I think like the the score is is like good enough for those really crazy moments in Con Air where it really just really paints it. Uh, the Buscemi reveal, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I think is one of the greater things. What's his name in the movie? It's um, Garland oh, it's Green. like Garland Green. Garland yeah. Green. That's so, right. Yeah, that's where I actually actually fell in love with Steve Buscemi. Is I'm like, <laughs> I Hannibal Buscemi <laughs> is my guy. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Jobin had a thing for Buscemi. Oh no, he has, yeah. has, has 
I still love him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, his little quips in the airplane, like, right? Oh, yeah. when I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Just, okay, now I definitely have to watch this. Story. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a fount of misplaced rage. Like, oh, yes. Like, oh, this I, is a movie I, that I, I actually that probably so could quote front to back. <laughs> I've seen yeah. it so many times. Uh, it's so good. And then his little interaction with the girl when they land, like right. it's just like. He is so like sophisticatedly creepy in that movie, but plays it believably well to oh, where yeah. you're just like, you're like he he's not necessarily just playing like a a insane killer. Like there's a method to to like he thought about this, you know, mm-hmm. and like there's a method to it for sure. Um, I I mean, and let's give like uh, Nick Cage his his due here because, I mean like he buffed up for this role mm-hmm. you know went like went full on like good old southern boy with the accent too and and committed to it through it back in the uh, right yeah, yeah. right the, the laziest yeah. and most threatening threat <laughs> ever uttered put the bunny back in the box <laughs> yeah. right now yeah. why didn't you just put it back in the box right. <laughs> <laughs> i was just like uh <laughs> It's and, and the supporting cast in Con Air was right. just. I feel like when it came down to Con Air and The Rock, I felt like the supporting cast in Con Air is superior to that of The Rock. Yeah, I mean that's tough because Connery that's... counts for like four people in the Con Air. Dude, <laughs> he, he does, but money, dude, Malcolm but, but I feel like um, in Con Air, like Danny Trejo wasn't as popular as he is now when he was in Con Air. Yeah. Um and so he was in and he was in that and then there was like um uh Ving Rames was in it. Right. Right. As well and like there just there were so many like bi- and like John Cusack and that whole thing with Wings Hauser and just like the, the kind of espionage stuff, Chappelle. Like yeah. there were aspects of all of these other really popular Nick Cage movies like National Treasure and other stuff with like trying to decipher Cyrus the virus's like plans with like the last <laughs> supper with the eyes cut out like and things like that and like it was just it was just so good. So now I need so, to see uh, if they made a 4K upscale of he, Con Air. He right. Made best right friends with Cyrus yeah. the damn virus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, and it's and it's funny too because I worked with a guy named Cyrus that whenever he sent me an email, whenever I heard his name, it was always Cyrus the damn virus. <laughs> um, and I couldn't I couldn't resist. But uh, to your point, Steve, I I I think that the lesser characters in Con Air are more fleshed out yes. than they are in The Rock exactly. because uh, yeah. Trejo has that little, hey, I'd be Johnny 10,000 if they knew the truth, you know, like those little bits with the and then a swamp thing uh, being able to fly a plane. You know, it's like amazing what you white trash people can do. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, Um, and so and then, uh, yeah, Ving Rhames having his like there there was the the basically the Cusack exposition of all the Mm -hmm. of all that that really fleshes out those guys and they really play up to that part. Yeah. Um, even the um, uh, I the kid that plays the little um, uh, the one in the dress the whole time, like oh, it, Sally can dance, yeah, Sally can yeah, dance. Uh, I mean, like it's a freak from Hackers, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. I can't remember and the so, actor's name, right? Yeah, so you know they all have their little moments where they get to shine a little bit, and you get to see them despite 
uh, a past like Cusack's explanation of who they are and what they've done, exactly. you know? So I think that was, uh, yeah, I, I think from that point, you know, it really painted a picture of who these people were and they certainly played into it. Um, exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's one of those movies that like it comes on, you gotta, you gotta watch it. Like you gotta watch it through. Um, and I don't think and, I've yeah. ever met anybody that's like, fuck that movie, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, and just that one scene coming down, taking out the guitar at the hard rock <laughs> with the, with the airplane coming through just taking out the guitar like that, that, that scene will live <laughs> in infamy forever. And then, and then the, the downfall of Cyrus, like at the end just gets so, it gets so comical, but so good to, that, you know, like there's no, <laughs> there's no if ands or buts. Like this guy's gone. Like this guy's out, right. <laughs> you know, pile driver to the head. Yeah. Um, and I, I love like the Steve Buscemi at the very end. He's like at the craps table and they're all, yeah, do you feel yeah. lucky? He's like, yes, I do. I was <laughs> like, Oh God, he's going to eat all those people. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And Which the, is why uh, it's a it's a spiritual prequel to uh, the the dead movie that Zack Snyder made in Vegas because you know oh there you go I love it <laughs> that, oh, that's yeah? my that's my conspiracy theory is that I Connor is uh, you know, <laughs> Army of the Dead prequel <laughs> yeah he, he eats he eats people there and then they become zombies which then becomes Army of the Dead oh man that's amazing <laughs> yeah, <I like> it. <laughs> yeah anyway. that's great but um, um, yeah it's so good yeah um. So so yeah, let's let's talk about the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes. Um. Let's get into this. Uh. uh, uh Joe, what are your thoughts off the bat? Uh, I need a Nick Cage, Pedro Pascal, buddy cop movie, or just <laughs> yeah. buddy cop TV show. Just film those two and let me watch them for all time. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> oh my uh, god. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I feel. I, I feel like. Uh, I feel like Will Ferrell in um, in Zoolander with Pedro Pascal. Like he's so hot right now. Um, <laughs> Everyone is like that. Did you watch SNL? He yeah. fucking destroyed it. It was probably the best uh, SNL episode I've seen in a long time. Dude, the Mario the Mario Kart the trailer. Mario like, I yeah, mean, come no, on. No, that's the best thing to come out of there. But there's a ton of other great stuff. I, I yeah. literally don't watch them back to front anymore, or front to back. Excuse me. Uh, never go back to front. <laughs> ask, um, ask exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this one I did, and it was hilarious. Okay. All right. I, yeah. So it's funny because I've been watching The Last of Us, so I'm like used to him being all gritty, and then seeing this where he's like. Just the cutest little, like, I want to put Javi in a little box and protect him for all time. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. No, I just, I love, like, Javi and Nick Cage, their chemistry together. I was just like, this is like a bromance for the ages. Right. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I, I was in it with them when I was watching it. Like, having, and then maybe I was brain addled from watching 32 Nick Cage movies. But I was also just like... <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like they're, oh, I just, I can't, like your guys' friendship is what I aspire to have with people. Like, oh yeah, my God. Right. We all felt the same way. Like when they're exchanging shoes at the end, and right. of, yeah. when they think each other is a traitor kind of situation, it's right. just, it's the best. 
I love when they're explaining, like, you gave me these goddamn penny loafers, you expect me to run over there? And he's like, no, but you see, you can do this, which makes me think this. Fine. (laughs) Well, Nick Cage keeps saying, like, I can't do this or I can't do that. And he goes, well, not according to the special edition of the DVD. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) He said you did all your own stunts. Oh, it was so good. good. I love the the shrine, too, with the the creepy, how much did you pay for this creepy, disgusting (laughs) figure? Oh, about $6,000. I'll give you $20,000 for it. (laughs) oh it's got everything i feel like it has like suspense drama comedy like it's so good like the whole scene where he's like trying to knock out the guard in the server room and he gets himself tranked and he's right, like, right. Like, I think I just to go around <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then afterwards he's like oh i could totally see me playing like a spy now and all this <laughs> right and it's just but i feel like honestly that movie is the perfect encapsulation? Like, I felt like I understood Nick Cage in that movie more than watching 32 of his films because right, he has a line in it where he talks about, like, I am an actor. And instead of, like, there are actors who will turn down roles because they're like, eh, it doesn't really fit my brand. Nick Cage is like, if I'm not acting, I'm not working. So I'm going to take whatever role comes across. Right. Whether it's Left Behind, some Rapture movie, or whether it's Pig, where I live in the woods with a truffle pig, or whatever. And it clearly shows. But he he just, he's like, I'm not ready to stop acting, so I will take any job that comes across. And I was like, holy shit, that is Nick Cage. And I I felt like I understood him. Exactly. Like, I felt like I got my answer when I was watching that, and I was just like, oh. Do you have an an actual bracket, like, in a a form that we could put on yeah. the uh yeah on the show notes because that'd be really cool to see i do um let me yeah i, can, I, can I don't worry about that now we'll, we'll figure that out in yeah. post yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um no i i totally agree i i think this was a, i think this was such a fun movie i love the conversations that he has with his younger self and fairly good oh, fairly man. good dh on him uh yeah. you know um and so Real quick on that, what's yeah. funny about that is the de-aged Nick Cage is literally he's wearing the same outfit as he does in um, Wild at Heart. Right. Yep. Yeah. And he acts very similar to how he was in Wild at Heart. And yeah. so I felt like it was the duality between the movies where Nick Cage is a good, believable actor and the movies where Nick Cage is a drug-addled psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cringe at the beginning when he's meeting with the movie producer and the guy's like, Oh man, no, I love you. You got it. And he's like, yeah. but you're going to, you know, I mean, I could, and you know, I could read for you. Like, no, you don't need to read for me. He's like, Oh no, I definitely am not going to read for you. <laughs> like, yeah. no, 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 you don't need to do that. I'm going to read for it. Like stops him from getting in his car. I'm going to yeah. read for it. Like, no dude, less is more. Less is more. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love when he gets to see Javi for the first time and he's like on the boat and he's like, now, I don't know if this could be some sort of thing where you want me to, like, right. fuck your wife or watch you yeah. watch no, me fuck your he wife. Doesn't, he like, doesn't know it's Javi yet. He, doesn't, like, know he doesn't know it's yeah, Javi. He's going like, to have me fuck me, have, have him, like, want me to fuck his, suck my dick. Give him a go wife or watch me. That's a no-go. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my <Javi>. God. <laughs> I, I am Javi. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was the scene rolling. Where the scene where, they're, where they do LSD, I was crying. Oh, oh my God. Oh. When he says, fuck it, and just sticks his tongue out like oh no yeah i can't drive on acid (laughs) (laughs) they just they looked so happy when they were driving when he's falling down the wall and he's like no 
oh, oh man and he's like on the ground already he's like i'll miss you too <laughs> yeah like, how'd you get over here well, I, I could just walk out on the wall <laughs> right <laughs> I do need to watch that again. Oh, uh, it was I just so watched yeah, watch good. That. That's great. Yeah, I want to so watch great. that uh, under the influence of something. It'll be fun. right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but it was. It was so good. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I. I remember seeing the trailer for this, and I, I. It didn't necessarily like call out to me like ah, you know, this this could be fun. Like it could just be like I. I felt like it was going to be like nick cage times 100 right? Right, right which and it i mean and there were points definitely where you know like he he sort of cherry picked like the best nick cage moments from his movies and and emulated those for sure but did it in such a way in the story where it made sense and he wasn't doing it just to do it you know and i think that that was i, I think that that was the brilliance behind this movie is literally you know, yeah, cherry picking those great Nicolas Cage moments and and having them make sense in this narrative with everything. Um, and that was his actual daughter, too, wasn't it? Was it? I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, I'm I don't know. Pretty but the sure. fact that her name was Addie at the very end had me all I, like, you want to watch oh, Patty yeah. too? Like, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I did appreciate the... Um, I did appreciate the uh, uh, um, the Austin Powers fake out at the end <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with the me more and I oh, just yeah. thought that was yeah, yeah I thought that was, that was I thought that was that was wonderful um, that was great I kind of knew where that was going I I thought they might do that at that point you know like I bet this comes to it like an Austin Powers end almost and uh, sure enough <laughs> sure enough it did. So the daughter is actually the daughter of Kate Beckinsale and Michael Sheen. Wow. Roger that. That makes sense. Props to Michael Sheen. Jeez. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Way to go, buddy. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> Way to go, buddy. Shitting in there for all of us. <laughs> Happy birthday, Michael Sheen, also. Um, he just recently had a birthday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did I just Sorry. kill the podcast? You did. No, no, no. no, no. Podcast, I think we all room. we all went down a a, a Google hole. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was like, who the hell is Michael? What's his name? I'm I'm horrible with names and faces, so I have to look up somebody's IMDb to be like, <laughs> oh, they were so and so in this movie, and then I can right. put it all together. Uh, but uh, until right. then, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the werewolf in Underworld Two and uh, Aziraphale in uh, Good Omens. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I, I I got it now. Okay, the werewolf Thank in you. Underworld See, that, that is how I associate people. Like I couldn't remember Bill Duke's name, and I'm like, he was in Predator, he was in Commando, and he says something right. like, "I used to eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast." Yeah, and exactly. like, right. and then he like stabs the dude, and like, gonna have me some fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, anyway. All right. Well, uh, uh sorry. I, I'm top I, yeah, five I, Nick Cage movies, guys. What are we, what do we got here? Jobin, well, you want to so, start with your list? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Joe, why don't you give us your top five? Okay. Uh, so uh, obviously, number one's Con Air. Uh-huh. Uh, number two, Face Off, which. Okay. 
So I was thinking about today, what I need in my life is a face-off prequel where we get more of Nick Cage as Caster Troy. <laughs> because yes. the, like that opening with him in the uh, the church. I'll yeah, they could uh, de-age him and Gina Gershon and go to go to town. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, absolutely. And there could be an after dark version of that. I would not mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so leathery, so to speak. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Um, next is Willie's Wonderland because even yes. though he doesn't say anything, he just. Kills that movie. <laughs> Willy's Wonderland was amazing. I'm sad it was not in this tournament because I loved that movie. Yeah, it was it was, it was awesome. such a bizarre but so funny. Like it was so good. Uh The Rock, for obvious yeah. reasons. Uh Gone in 60 Seconds, again, for obvious reasons. Um and then honorable mention, the knowing because I'm a space nerd. <laughs> yeah. And that's another one where I was kind of like, uh, it's not in the bracket, but I think it's probably like either right. too good for the bad or too bad for the good. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's my uh, my Nick Cage uh, list. All right. Uh, Nate, what's yours? Sure. Um, I don't really have a specific order for this, um, but I did have to move things around because of unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> yeah, right. Um it's a it's a great Nick Cage movie. Uh, all of my other Nick Cage movies are very uh, basic bitch. <laughs> Nick right. Cage affair. Con Air, The Rock, Gone in 60 Seconds, National Treasure, Face Off, that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. I definitely had to add Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it for okay. me. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, my my list is, is very simple, very uh, sort of run of the mill for... Uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, I think is, it, it, it's definitely one of his best. And after watching it, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite Nick Cage movies. I didn't put that on that list again, just because it's so fresh <laughs> in, in my head. I didn't, I didn't feel right, but, um, I'm going to give it another watch, uh, with my wife because I watched it alone, uh, in order to prep for this. So, um, I, I, I think after that I can, I can, safely put it on a list with this but uh number five national treasure i love movies like this i think it's great uh even the the disney plus spinoff that he's not even part of right is really good yeah um not with eddie right now she's getting into it it's good yeah it's um, cheesy, no, it's, it's good <laughs> a, a little cheesy yeah that acting certainly is not top tier in that but it's no nick cage good. movie that's for sure. right it's fun um uh, number four face off like how can this not be top five <laughs> nick cage at all uh number three shocking con air all right uh again it's it, i mean we've already said what we can say about con air right? right uh number two is the rock simply for again what steve what you said like nostalgic san francisco shots like that's where we grew up that we've we've been to those places like you know yeah, let's set up let's set up command center at Pier, Pier 39, right? Like right. I mean, come on. Like it's so great, right? Um and then um and then the the meeting at Palace of the Fine Arts, right, with the daughter and then all the cop cars. I mean like it is 
it's San Francisco porn is what that movie is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, that's a different movie with Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah. but... Definitely has Sean Connery too. I mean, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. He wears a yeah. Zardoz outfit, you know. <laughs> Are you the barber? Um, no. Stylist. Right. <laughs> um, can't and this is what anyone's balls off with the clippers now, can I? <laughs> right. Right. I, I just that. want to know, as your stylist, do you like your haircut? Are you happy with your haircut? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is coming from like deep memory because I haven't seen that movie in forever. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, <Joe Pins laughs> stylist. <laughs> can, can I suggest a haircut? Well, it's a grunge thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my number one. Which was uh, which was busted on on Steve's very first thing, raising Arizona. I oh, wow. absolutely love this movie. I know it didn't age well, but man, there's I, I don't know this. It, this is it's just it's one of those movies I watched at a time where like it was so sort of out there in terms of other sort of movie comedies that were out there that I just I didn't it it sort of opened my eyes to like, whoa, like this is crazy. And like uh, that segments with John Goodman, I thought were hilarious. I thought Goodman was, was, was really used well. The part where they're coming out of the prison at night, <laughs> like I just thought was one of the funniest sequences I've, I've ever seen. So yeah, Raising Arizona was actually my, my number one Nick Cage. I asked my wife uh, at dinner what her, sort of top Nick Cage movies, we had the exact same list, which was nice. funny. Right yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, which is funny because we don't necessarily agree on, um, you know, if it's, I mean, like if it's something sci-fi, we're, we're typically in sync there, but in terms of like movie comedies and action stuff, mm-hmm. we'd seem to have very different tastes, but no, it was funny that we were, we were sort of simpatico on this, which was, which was great. So, Aww. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, what else? I feel like if I had, I mean, I am going to do this again, but with B movies and then I'm thinking about also doing it a third time with like VHS horror, something like that. Like two. Oh of, man. Like, yeah. Passions. But I feel like what I should do in the future. And, and I think Nate spoke, but not spoke per se to this during this podcast is uh, get more than just my subjective opinion <laughs> on what should win, because I felt like with this, it was very much like I'm subjecting myself to this. Right. With the other brackets, I if I when I do it again, I'm definitely looking for more participation from multiple people who have either seen these films that are going to be up against each other or who are like can argue their point of view and then take the overall kind of majority opinion on which movie should move forward. I think if you're going to make content out of this, that you save that for like a secondary run because you're the one subjecting yourself to all of this abuse. Oh, right. For the Nick your... Cage one, it was definitely me yeah. subjecting myself to a amount of torture that I'm sure the Geneva Convention is against. Well, that, and that's what people <laughs> want to see is your opinion. And what what would be cool True. is that you run through it yourself and do the matchups and all oh, that. Absolutely. And, then you, could get, and yeah. you could come back to it and make it 
kind of a refresh. No, that's a good point. But, yeah. but I do feel like, um, yeah, and definitely um, it was a lot of fun. I will say that as much as some of these movies were just god awful and painful <laughs> like having the movie up on my one monitor and then having like a google doc where i was taking notes during the movie of like like i was writing down memorable quotes that nick said like i was that's why i, I keep remembering when i think of vampires kiss that that fucking old woman after saying what the fuck is going on in here like walks out like a gta npc <laughs> like a gta when you drag somebody out of their car and shoot them like somebody on the street goes oh god they run like three feet and then they just like start walking like nothing happened and i was like Oh my god, did her brain like reset after yeah, she saw what was happening? Cool. Like what the hell? They hit her with the flashy so, thingy from Men in Black and Right. But it just yeah. like it worked so well because then when I go back to score these movies, I'm like, I remember watching that scene and how hard I was laughing because I was like, this is just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> so it was it was fun and it was just it, it was entertaining. I'll say that. And I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And now I feel like that's why I'm like, shit, I want to do this again because now that yeah. it's done, I'm like, what else could I do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind there's of at a, a loss. Like, yeah, there's a template in place now for, <laughs> for this. <laughs> right. Now I'm like, yeah. I just need to slide in a new variable and then pick 32 of that. And then, yeah, you need yeah, to find somebody as prolific like Willem Dafoe or, you know, <laughs> that has range, you know. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, Willem Dafoe yeah. would be interesting, but we all know Boondock Saints would win. I mean, yeah, right. right. <laughs> That's true. I mean, because yeah, we all we all yeah. watch Willem Dafoe for the entertainment. Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And oh, also, like, a side eye to the guy who was like, you're just so beautiful. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> I'm like that is clearly Willem Dafoe in a wig, my guy. Right. Like, yeah. Willem Dafoe's already, I mean, I, he's strange oh. looking to me. He's not, I don't know. He's, yeah. He had the meat yeah. sweats from too much gazpacho earlier. Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not fond of his lobster. I'll say that, you know. Oh, I mean, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no. I mean, Steve, this was great, man. I I mean, just incredible that like just off of a hey, could you just put some Nick Cage movies on your Plex server? This this spawned you to to go through and and run through this, which I just think is incredible, man. Um, it just it quickly devolved so fast, and I was just like, you know what? Much like Nick Cage, I, I'm here for the insanity. Right. Uh, let, let's do it and and the best part is like joe said there's so many other nick cage movies that weren't in this because they were either uh not good enough or too good to be bad right and so there's like almost a middle ground like i almost feel like i could technically do you could do like the best the best of the two. the right. best of the mediocre <laughs> right do cage. like the nick cage mid-match or something like that yeah, like have exactly. all his other films yeah. and be like all right so this wasn't yeah. terrible but it also wasn't great <laughs> like right. the average of mid or something like that yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> And I mean that, and that would be equally as enjoyable because I do feel like there are some movies. I'm glad in doing this, I got exposed to movies that I would have never, never otherwise had watched. Right, right. And yeah. that I think is why what I enjoyed most about it, because even though, yeah, most of them were fucking horrible, um, a couple of them were really like kind of sleeper hits that I was like, oh shit, I would watch that again. Outside of a crazy 
self-torture kind of bracket. Right? <laughs> it's so. a good lesson for you kids. The more you know. Ba, 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 ba. Right. <laughs> yeah. dun, 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 dun. Holy crap. <laughs> I just, uh, just perusing because I was like, how many movies has he been in? Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, God, a lot. Uh, I forgot. He was in Grindhouse as one of the trailers. He was in the Werewolf Woman of the SS trailer. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that technically counts. <laughs> No, that that's that's one of the few that hasn't yet. Oh, okay. Um, we're getting well, Thanksgiving there, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, and there were there were two more too that and and one's uh, uh one that he was in with Gary Sinise called Snake Eyes, where he plays this um yes. like Las Vegas cop, and uh, there's a whole um you know like like murder mystery that he needs to figure out, um, and that's that's one of those movies that. It, it like it's it's not good by any stretch of the imagination and then but it's like it's something that i'll watch when it's on you know because he's he's pretty effectively nick cage in that movie like there are very very like grand nick cage elements in that uh the other one was the one that he did with joaquin phoenix where it's uh eight millimeter and he oh, plays oh, the yeah. investigator see that movie oh god right. that movie um, quick funny note on that. I took somebody on a date to see 8mm, not no. knowing what it was about. Oh, God. And I was like, yeah, let's go on a date. Like, there's this new Nick Cage movie. It oh, sounds like goodness. it's pretty crazy. Let's go. And I was totally, like, I had the hots for this girl. And I was like, wow. we're going to go watch this Nick Cage movie. We're going to go out for drinks or not drinks because I was underage. But, like, we're going to go out afterwards and yeah. parents work late. Maybe we'll go back. And, and halfway through the movie, I was like, I made a huge mistake. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I need to review what movies I take people to on dates. Holy shit. I yeah, I did that once as well. I can't now remember the movie that I took the date to, but it was it was like the worst possible first date movie ever. I can't, oh god, I I will I might have to reach out to her to ask her what it was that I took her to. I'm still friends with her, but no, it did not go past that first date. <laughs> um <laughs> Because of the terrible movie that I took her to, um, so that's funny that you took a girl to see Eight Millimeter on a first date. Man, that's just amazing. So, like, my brain totally just swapped out Eight Millimeter with Eight Mile for some reason. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh my god! And I totally just now remembered. I'm like, Way oh my god! I, I sadly I was like, oh, I loved Eight Millimeter. That was great. <laughs> Vomit on his sweater already. Bob spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. I'm dead. Oh my god. Can you imagine oh, telling somebody like, oh yeah, we're gonna watch eight millimeter and they think you're talking about eight mile oh, and they watch no. the whole thing and then right. they're like, Where the fuck does Eminem come into this? Right. Like, what is happening here? Right. <laughs> Where's the rap battle? All I see is some guy dressed like the gimp with a knife. What is happening? Oh my god, yeah. the eight millimeter or <laughs> sorry, eight mile is what happens when Nick Cage leaves Eminem's mom and then you get eighth mile. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh man. That's so good. funny. That's so good. So yeah, uh eight millimeter goes on my honorable mention list. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh man. That's so good. Um <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. All right. So uh what is your favorite Nick Cage movie? What is your most Nick Cage movie? 
let us know in the comments, what did you think of the unbearable weight of massive talent? Um, let us know in the comments. You can find us on Facebook at Rum and Regret Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Rum underscore Regret. Um, Steve, where can they find you on the socials? Um, you can find me on my new TikTok account, which currently has nothing, but it will soon once I get around to making content. It's hella horror uh, pushed together because it's TikTok. Just H-E-L-L-A horror. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm on all gaming platforms as we are Steve-O. Uh, but I all might right. change that to Mr. Soup. Because there you I, go. Really, I really like Mr. Soup. <laughs> yeah. so. Nice. Uh, Joe, where can they find you? At Joe Chickadee on all the socials or at joechickadee.com. Nice. Nate, where can they find you? Sure. Avid Gamer, AV1D Gamer on all the socials and your gaming platforms of choice. Excellent. Uh, you can find me at Crazy Drake on Facebook, at Andrew Drake on Twitter. And uh, if you have any reason to watch uh, Minecraft YouTube videos, my son <laughs> recently started his own YouTube channel, The Panda Gamer. Um, just released his first video, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, and he's going to be putting out weekly content. So if you want to watch some fun, uh, if you want to watch a nine-year-old rage at some video games, <laughs> this is the channel for you. It's hilarious. Um, it's objectively it, funny. Yeah. <laughs> just to, just to throw that out there. Right. There are two Endermen. <laughs> All right. Two Endermen. Um, run. <laughs> um, so yeah, check out the Panda Gamer on YouTube if you can. Uh, like, follow, and subscribe to all of our socials. And until the next time, we have spoken. Your Nick Put the bunny back. Oh my god, that is (laughs) amazing. So good. So good. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.